Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Lance, your host of Yesterday's Concert. Before we get this episode started, I want to take 25 seconds to tell you about my other show, Jam Journals. Jam Journals is a podcast that takes you on a journey through music history, featuring live performances from some of the most iconic concerts of all time. Each episode recounts a different concert experience through a dramatic narrative that brings the memories to life with vivid detail and emotion. Join us as we take a trip down memory lane of some of the most unforgettable concerts in recent history. Jam Journals is available everywhere you get podcasts. Yesterday's concert is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. You're having to be the one to believe in yourself when no one else will. And that's what makes songwriting songwriting, I think. Because there's no have or, or should or even one who just does because they feel like they want to or they need to or they should. That's where you have songwriting really happening. It's playing to your empty coffee shops. It's playing to places for yourself. And it's not about having lack of aspiration because ultimately I want to play my music to the world. I want everyone to listen and to feel something good from what I make. That's my goal. So having to believe in yourself when no one else is given a damn is really a big part of it. Grab your earplugs for another episode of Yesterday's Concert, a podcast that celebrates live music. My name is Lance Ingram, and in this episode we talk to Danny Lee Blackwell, aka Nightbeats. We discuss his newest album, Rajan, the creative process, freedom, and living in the present. All right, Danny. We've been chatting for a few minutes. We've already got our, you're wearing a Mavericks jersey, so we've already got our beef out of the way as a Grizzlies fan. Uh, so how are you doing today, man? Are you doing good other than that? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing I'm doing quite well. Uh, thank you for asking. A couple of weeks ago, you played Austin Psych Fest, and I'm so jealous mm-hmm. you got to go. I, I looked at the lineup. It's absolutely incredible lineup this year. How were those performances? It was cool, man. It was real cool. I got to see a lot of people I've been trying to see for a long time. It was a, a family affair in a certain sense. The um, yeah, the lineup for Saturday, the day that we played, was we were we were before uh, Ravenettes, who I really like, mm-hmm. and um, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and Black Angels. You know, two yeah. projects that I've been huge fans of and gotten to work with over the years together. Um, so man, yeah, 
Killer. So cool. Killer. So cool. What can I say? Well, uh, as is tradition on the show, we like to start with some icebreakers just to have a little fun. Uh, so mm-hmm. my first question for you is, as a guitar player in your guitar rig, what do you think is your secret weapon? Huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Secret weapon. Okay. I think in a battle, the element of surprise is really mm. important. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess my secret weapon is the ability to okay it's something where like if you're like a trapeze artist and you like you you fall a lot sometimes it looks like you're about to fall but you're you're kind of used to falling like you know mm-hmm. what it feels like and it's it's about to happen like you kind of know what's going on in your gut and with your hands and with your sweat and all these different things so i think maybe the foresight for failure <laughs> so uh in a sense that like if i am thrown up against like a a a back line that doesn't work if i mm-hmm. you know break a, three strings if i have you know my my pedals stop working or if a battery mm-hmm. gets wet or you know i drip a lot of sweat usually during my set mm-hmm. so there was a while there where like, every night i would just have to know that something was going to fuck up like something was going to mm-hmm. break or like i was going to have to figure it out in the moment so i think that's a strength you know i don't know if it's a, necessarily a secret weapon because like mm-hmm. you know pedals and tools and things like if you start to be defined by those things and you kind of paint yourself into a corner i think Mm. like for instance i i would have said my digitech whammy octave pedal 10 years ago but i don't even touch that thing anymore it's right i mean it's right (laughs) here but i i never play it because i feel like there's other ways to say those things with other things you know I don't know if that really answers your question, but no, that's really cool. I, I like it. I like the perspective on it. So have you simplified your rig in recent years then? It's, it's always been relatively simple. Like I, I keep a, I keep a fuzz or like an overdrive pedal with me. Um, I have a delay sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, a phaser that I like to bring in, but I don't, I don't always use it. Cause I, I, I think wah pedal is like very tumultuous thing. I think, for one i used to just break those things all the time i used to just like yeah. be heavy footed so i just like slam it and <laughs> crack and then the next thing i know i'd go through like three crab babies a week so um <laughs> i don't i don't really like pedals in the same way that i think a lot of guitarists like pedals and, and maybe that's a little bit you know a popular opinion but sim- simplicity you know i think it really lets you do what you you intend to do more it's really cool. You know, it lets you like kind of see the road, you know? No, I, I dig that, dude. That's awesome. Okay. So next question. So I, w- I was reading up about you. And one of the things that I read about you that I found fascinating was you had a goal of doing a tour of U.S. prisons. Yeah. Have you had any luck doing that? You know, I, that was something I was looking into before 2020. So mm-hmm. around 2019, I, I was really getting the idea and I was starting to write more for, for Outlaw R&B and it's not picked up from where I, I hoped it would, but at this point, the idea sort of shifted more to getting music into prisons. So mm-hmm. like having, you know, there's libraries, well, there should be music libraries too. And hopefully there's sections for art and music and, um, you know, there's a, yeah. I, how much time we got? Uh, <laughs> I, I, w- I would love to pick up from where that endeavor left off, but right now it's, it's a little bit still. I got you. What uh what gave you the heart for prisons and things like that? Uh well, you know, I never did any time time 
but every time I have had my rights stripped of me, mm-hmm. um, it leaves an oppression on you. In my case, it's happened a few times and it's happened a few times overseas also. So like, you know, the idea of being locked up is just something that I think I could I could understand a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here, you know, tattooing your eye drops or nothing on me, but it's definitely a um it's an idea that I think it, it, it again, I don't want to take up too much time with this because I I could spin out with this, but I think the idea of uh providing something as natural as art to people is um hmm. real important for the human psyche and if prisons are supposed to be in some form of rehabilitation for folks then i know from personal experience that nothing made me feel I more human from personal experience that nothing made me feel more human that then resonating music when i was young that resonated with weirdo me, you know feel like, like a, less of a or maybe more of a weirdo, weirdo but, like, you know, like there's a, other weirdos or maybe more of a there's weirdo, people that like there's other make mistakes and there's, and people, there's that, people that, that can be make mistakes and brought back that, into conversation be if they have brought back the into, same conversation you know, access as other people have mm. the same and i think music you know, is something access that as other is, people all of and i think music is something that combines everything from all of those things. emotional it, it combines sort of, everything from uh, a literacy of sort experience of, and, uh, and literacy of experience and i mean obviously in a johnny cash hangs you know a good mind of it and I, mm-hmm. I think he he was someone who I, I personally you know really respect and looked up to when I was younger. But yeah, you know it's the, it's for everyone. It's the, for the the common person and music, mm-hmm. especially the stuff that I write isn't supposed to be straight to the point a little bit. <laughs> if if that's the way you want it, that's killer, dude. That that really that's so killer. And I mean, and I, I kept when you're talking, I kept thinking about like how many times has a song changed my life? How many times have I heard somebody yeah. say like such and such band that their album mm-hmm. saved my life or it gave me a new perspective. And I'm sure as a performer, you get that often, like people coming up to you and be like, Hey man, this song changed my life or this, your show changed my life. That's a super bananas. Like I, I, every time like someone like is able to communicate that I've had any iota of an impact on their, on their existence. Like uh, it's, you know, at the end of the day, compliment, you know, there's a lot of philosophies on how to even just, just take a compliment, you know, like mm-hmm. some people, you know have have more vitriolic perspective on on critics and and reception and perception i think i'm just flattered most of the time you know because i don't feel that way for myself necessarily but i know that like that's not really it's not really my job to feel that way either you know like oh thank you for insert compliment here you know like that's amazing and and if anything that's it's really sweet to hear but yeah it's a process that doesn't have really any ownership you know Mm -hmm. so if someone feels something from something i did then it's really it's really i'm I'm stuck because it's like they can feel that way for themselves it's not like i brought that to them it's just that they felt something from the reverberations of the sound and the chord structure and maybe the words that was able to um which again isn't mine. None of the art isn't something to be owned or held. You know, I don't think, um, especially live music. You know, music is is that is sort of the expulsion of what's inside, and then somehow magically it it creates a a flame in the distant galaxy, eternal flame, creation, life. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, at the very least, you're a vessel for the music. So, I mean, you're a guide for these people in some way, even if even if you don't want the responsibility of claiming that for someone like 
you are still a vessel for the music. I, I would gladly accept that responsibility. However, I, I feel like it's a, um, if you get your intention mixed up, I guess, then it, it has the ability to really kind of throw off what you create and why you create it. So, mm. you know, a, a teaching position, for instance, is something that you need to respect, right? You know, especially in different cultures, there's the, there's a higher regard for the teacher or even old folks in general, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree that it's like a a position that, sh- that exists and needs to have a certain level of uh, self-awareness of and things. But uh, I'm focused more on making things right now as opposed to like what the reaction is. The moment that I 100% believe that person is, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. One of the questions I have for you is like, I mean, as a songwriter, you get to translate the absurdity of life Mm -hmm. into lyrics, into music, and you get to channel that. So like, like we can talk about the new album with this. I mean, like what were you translating for Rajan? What were you trying to mm-hmm. get like the absurdity comp- like, like compressed down to into for this album? Mm. Well, I guess one of the main, well, one, I guess one, one of main, the main things I'd say about this record is one, that one it main is things I'd say about this record is that it is still down clear versions of what I down clear versions of what I, I think I think the, the love of a mother to her child. I think the, you know, the love of the, a mother to the only child loves, you know, one of the, you know, the only unconditional love, there is strong thing, you know, you know, immovable type of strong thing, galactic force you know, type of stuff, you know. type of so galactic force type the, of stuff. The idea you know. of so not just dedicating the, the idea of songs, not just dedicating lyrics, certain words, songs, you know, styles and lyrics and words. I think it's more about the hardness of I think it's more about just a culmination of all the things that brought me here today just a culmination of things that brought me here today good and bad i love instruments man i love making sounds i love like getting grooves together and putting them and then realizing that no this song is dude this song's about a june bug did you realize this song was about a june bug when we started writing the song you know like that's the conversation i'll have you know with myself so yeah i think there's you just need to uh come in with your own interpretation to things and i'm a big fan and proponent of people having their own mind on everything you know make if if they feel like it's there's like a record or style that is like a distilled agony of like the current situation in a certain place then that record to me could be my pump up music for batting cages i don't know like that i hope that people can find an energy in the, in the music that resonates with them i guess and i don't know if that makes any sense um i mean then what like what is your creative process then do you because i've read about like i read a little bit of another interview about kind of your creative process and how you enter things and how you kind of pass up on stuff if you don't kind of get like the feeling and sensations if it doesn't hit you immediately are you ever i mean this i guess it's a two-part question then it's like so what is your creative process and are you ever fearful that if you don't have the lightning bolt moment immediately that you're just dismissing something too fast and that it may have just been a grower instead. Hmm. Uh, a lot for two questions. <laughs> no, I, I, now you speak my language. Um, 
I think that the expectation of what a songwriter is, the expectation of what a songwriter is, is to be or generally conceived by non-songwriters. Generally conceived by non-songwriters. Take a conversation and and hopefully maybe turning some people on to picking up a pen today and writing some shit down. There a is no rule to any sort of result or or, or song thing there album ep whatever you want to call it creation there's no rules so the process creatively uh i think maybe yeah again for the sake of conversation if we were to break it down into like what does the studio look like what is the uh the notebooks look like what does the uh hour of the day you know like all these different things that kind of like go into like what people might answer like oh well i make my coffee and then i listen to my demo and then i i do some you know some things and i practice my scales and all these things i i don't really uh have anything to say as far as what someone else should do to get to a place what someone else should do themselves to get to a because place i think ultimately songwriting is an extension because i think ultimately songwriting is an extension of you yourself like man it's, part it's like what you want here you like over and over you want here i had a friend over and over recently again. who sent me something and he wanted just my opinion on it and i that's an open invitation to to my my friends you know to like please like send me whatever and i'll listen to it and I'll, if you want i'll give you my opinion if not then <laughs> then that's cool too but the point i'm trying to make is that if someone is looking for a sense of approval from something i know what that's like you know like i i have searched in some form subconsciously or consciously for approval my entire life right i think a lot of people do i think mm-hmm. they say they don't but there's different forms of it but when it comes to creating something that feels right only you are gonna know what the hell that means because you might play a show and listen back to for instance like early early shows like there's probably some like footage somewhere maybe like on my sister's camcorder or something like that but i remember looking at videos of my playing back in the day and just being so embarrassed just like man how could i sing like that like how could i possibly wake up and like think like that was a good idea to like mm-hmm. plug in that loud also and and write these songs and be playing with these folks like th- there's just like so much of a of a process of like critique and breaking down and deconstruction and all these things that happen that like hey i don't think i'd be a really good teacher in this sense at this point to explain like what you need to do besides just do but you know creatively i listen to rhythm man i love drums i love beats i love things mm-hmm. that like have some sort of metronome that to me, like rhythm is a very holy thing. Like it, it's it's used in prayer, it's used in meditation, it's used in sacrifice. It's 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 a very like primal part of the human psyche. I think that when you're able to blend rhythms with melody, and you're adding a message to it, and then all of a sudden you created a whole new feeling altogether that can't just be defined as beat and bass whoa how does the guitar even like come into play at this point well you don't think like for instance hot gee like that's a song on the opening the opening track of the record i didn't think for one second what i was going to play before i played the guitar on that opening lines the, the whole way through just one take and i felt like something that we could we could learn from maybe if we want from eastern music and specifically south asian indian classical music is that a lot of times these players they don't know each other before they get on stage with each mm-hmm. other 
you know, a, a tabla player and a Sarod player and a and a Vina player, they might never have crossed paths. Maybe they've had one talk on the conversation, which was like, make sure that the menu is vegetarian, you know, for the green room or whatever. But it's about learning your own language and coming into a room. It's about learning being, your own language and, then, and coming and then expressing into a room and then being so and songwriting and then maybe expressing that thing can so be songwriting maybe something that happens can be that moment something that you know? happens pre <laughs> maybe if we moment, had to sort of like carve out like where maybe if we had to sort of like carve out like where song that is a certain that creative process like then maybe it's a certain pre then maybe it's maybe songwriting pre recording you know maybe songwriting is it's the pre recording spend creating what you want to say time you spend creating what you want to say before songs were recorded it was constantly just orally translated and passed on so my definition of what songwriting can be might be very different than what it feels like for anybody really i mean just name name an artist and they might tell you that well just name an artist and they might tell you that well to have something to have a Hooks you, and you need to have hook, something hook, that you know. Everyone talks about a hook. It's like, well, well hook, hook, what kind of fish you know, are we looking for? Talk about a hook. You know, what kind of hook? What kind of fish are we looking for here? Like, you know, what kind of hook? Are we whale? You know, watching or are we trying? I don't know. Are we whale? Are watching or are we trying to like castaway? Like, what about Tom Hanks? Do we need for the castaway? Like, what about that's cool? Do we trying to figure out what like I'm understanding you a little bit and like where does like pursuing the muse verse? I don't want to say this. Did you say pursuing the muse? Yeah, like, do you yeah. do you pursue the muse, or does are you just like kind of like we were talking about earlier, like being the vessel for the music? Is it just being in the space, waiting for it to happen, and just letting it flow through you, or do you pursue it and try to make it happen? Hmm. Great question. I think uh, the concept of practice and works, right? You can you can work on something to get better at something. You could learn to love certain things. You could also do something with the hope of like maybe figuring out why you love it based on the circumstances in which you're doing it. You know, I've met many unhappy guitarists, <laughs> you know, I've met many bored drummers. I've met many people that like are doing something that should, in theory, be fulfilling as fuck. You know, they're mm -hmm. getting to play music. The greatest job in the world is playing music every night. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. So if, if, that doesn't become a sort of just part your mental ecosystem or whatever the fuck like just doing it a different way than i'm doing it um which of course there's nothing wrong with that uh, maybe there's more of a regimented landscape for certain people if they need to do certain things to to do certain other things but it's almost like if you were an explorer from like the old old days you know like uh let's say like you're living in the in samoa you know, like out in the middle of the ocean and you have your boat, you know, like I think a lot of people go out not really expecting to find anything, you know, like especially if you're discovering new worlds and this is like in the era of like what is out there. It's, it's literally the unknown. Like it's like space, like traveling in space, you know, it's the same type of thing. You know, there's people who, who leave to search and find something and then they're really stoked because, ah, oh, cool, we hit land and now we're like king of some like rock somewhere. And there's people who just, they know that they might not ever come back mm. and that what they really are there for is the water, the connection to the stars, mm. like they're the wind telling them things. There's different ways to view what is condensed to 
creativity and songwriting and things like that. Like I think everyone is capable of of listening to themselves and expressing how they feel. I think if you take one look at the news, it's very apparent. That's a it's a common thing. But the the translation of those things into uh it, again the groove, you know, it comes back to the groove, you know, like George Clinton talks about this stuff all the time. But you know, like a lot of I think prophets of music are are constantly reminding us that there's this flame somewhere that we're all moving to, you know, there's this, this rhythm, there's this beat, there's this giant clave in the sky or something, you know, like, I feel like to describe my own process would <laughs> probably tire out enough people to where like, they're like, all right, fine, let me just pick up a guitar and learn a G chord, you know, <laughs> like, like at that point, I've done my job because yeah. there's just so many different, there's just so many different things you could talk about, man. That's no, it's killer, dude. And that's, I mean, it seems like you're a dude that lives very much in the present and you're very much somebody who, who takes in your surroundings. You very much like you're, you're the kind of guy to, to like see nature and see what's around you and for it to really mean something and interpret. Like it seems like you're processing a lot of what's going on around you. Uh, there's a lot of processing. There's definitely a lot of processing. Um, I wish I was more mountain man. Um, I've never been camping once in my life. I've never been. No way. Like, yeah, I, I always felt like it was like a weird thing where like, ah. but yeah, no, thank you. I take that as a, as a really nice compliment because I do try to live in the present. I think if I could remember that next time I'm like in traffic and someone, you mm -hmm. know, morbidly offends me for some stupid reason <laughs> I, I, I get over it quicker <laughs> well i mean but that's the quickest way to make somebody say, turn into a savage is to be in traffic for hours especially la traffic of all places like i totally get that so Man. but no i mean taking Man. taking the concepts that we've talked about one thing that fascinated me about rajan and i, have, I haven't heard the album yet i've only heard the the two singles that are out right now but when you announced the album, you put that it was chapter six coming July 2nd or whatever the date was. And the chapter mm -hmm. six is what fascinated me. I've never, I, mm -hmm. I love the concept of albums as a lineage for the artist. And I, I love, yeah. especially like when an artist releases a new album to listen to that album, go back to the old albums and listen, just jump back and forth between the old albums. But the idea yeah. of a chapter and it being the next chapter in a thing. So I want to hear your opinion of like the lineage of the albums and where chapter six comes into play for you. Mm, wonderful. I appreciate the care to attention or care to detail, attention to detail. I, I, I do love looking at night beats in particular as a book. Uh, you know, I literally have them on my, my shelf right here organized in a way that makes them seem more like books, like chapters of a book. Yeah. Um, how how to how to describe that's a little tough because there's there's a lot of things about what I would say makes a great novel. Um mm. but I'm honestly not the most well read. I read a lot when I was little and then um I sort of got really into creating th things and making things with my hands and making up my own stories. So that probably makes me a really like bad writer from a conventional sense. But within each story are more stories. And mm. I think any story is about detail and how and, and color and, and expression and how you deliver certain lines. No one wants to read the same chapter over and over again. And without naming the title, there's a book that I've been reading that I just can't get through because I feel like each time it's either just saying the first thing that comes to its head 
um, the writer's head that is, which is fine. And, you know, maybe that's just what somebody, that's just what the doctor ordered for some people that day. But for me, I like artists that take their time. And mm. I like the idea of spending enough energy on something to where you're genuinely curious about like what is is next. Making yourself feel that way is paramount to making someone else feel that way. Because ultimately, if you're if you're playing and you're writing disembodied in a certain sense to where it's not really for anybody else, but it's not really for you either it's more of the the present um, a feeling of, of whatever that that thing is that you feel from playing that that beat or or, or strumming and finding the words to something or connecting you know this thing that you wrote in this room here and recorded in this room here to a stage out in psych fest you know whatever wherever it is mm-hmm. you're almost like kind of creating like road journals for yourself meaning that like this record could get at one point get like chopped and screwed and through and thrown mm-hmm. up and played in different ways and everything. But like, as long as you've, you've set sort of your cardinal directions for whatever planet you're talking about, that is, then it sort of, it shows you more of like a literacy about like how the choice to use a certain sound or like of the vocabulary used on, you know, one, one song uh, juxtaposed to like, the way that you said I love you in the last song. I think that that stuff's interesting. So like language and and creating novels of like bodies of work, you know, sometimes people literally call their records volume one, volume two, volume three. Like Mm -hmm. that's cool. But I think that there's something just stylistically more interesting to me to create each chapter, each line of each chapter for this, for this composition that is night beats. I, I think that's kind of, it's fun, man. You know, it makes me yeah. want to just constantly create and, and make more. And, and maybe if I can circle back to like your question about creating and what's that process like, it's like, well, there's not really this fear of, of, of running out or, or whatever you were saying before. Um, like the concept of just sort of making something fluidly. Generally when I, when I meet people, like they don't, really have a there's just not enough to say like they they can mm-hmm. continue going and going and going and you know maybe i just sort of like save my thoughts to communicate them in a different way so it's it's not necessarily like uh there's more sort of like calculation of the modal fifth to the da 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 you know whatever sort of like uh music theory jargon or or, or construction side of things but it's really just like I trust myself. I trust myself Mm -hmm. to know that like that beat is good. And, you know, so much of what I do and people like me do is that like, they're basically just, they're, they're fighting for themselves for a really long time. You're having to be the one to believe in yourself when no one else will. You're having to be the one and to believe in yourself that's when what no makes songwriting. songwriting and that's what makes songwriting. You, know, songwriting, you have to think be because you know, there's no you have, or have or to should be one who just no does because they're supposed one who just does because they they need to or they feel like they they want that's where they need to or they happening. Um, that's where your empty coffee really happening. Playing to places playing to yourself shops. It's playing to places. It's not about having lack of aspiration. It's not about having lack of aspiration. Because ultimately, I want to play my music in the world. I feel something. I want everyone to listen to. That's my goal. To feel something good from what I'm having to believe in yourself and no one else. So. 
have to believe in yourself when no one else is really a big part of him and the problem is a lot of time really a big part confused with with ego and the construction of some sort of like you know ozzy mandias esque statue in the desert like there's no need to be remembered for anything i mean what's the point i mean you i don't even you know really vouch for a lot of my generation's judgment on on things you know how would i know about the future like mm-hmm. uh, i think well, when you mention the present that that blows my skirt up a little bit because it's like okay you know like yes there's an understanding that like there's we an understanding are that, able like, to do things right now creatively we are able to do things right us, now creatively have that an impact on people are for us and, but they do have an impact on you know, people. what a better and you know privilege you know, what a better to, to continue that you know and, privilege um, than to to know, continue that and um, working as a musician uh there's there's a lot of things to it and a lot of people have different backgrounds and a lot of different ways of being able to continue and make an album every few years and or just like you know like put out every little thing that they have but you know sometimes you gotta go to work <laughs> you know what and what i'm what i'm hearing from you is in my opinion a healthy perspective of growth because i mean even going and listening through your discography like i hear your earlier albums like sonic bloom or who sold my generation even though those are a little more in but hearing the production levels on them and i know you were going for more of a lo-fi sound on those but hearing the production level on the two new songs that you have out, Thank You and Hot Ghee, like, I, to me, I hear growth in that. I, I know it's a little, you know, you're playing to the songs, but, you know, you talking about your, when you first started and your sister's camcorder footage and you were like, what is this crap? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what I'm hearing is there's growth there and you're recognizing the growth and you're, you're growing with yourself in that. Yeah, for sure. It's funny you mentioned the, that's on a bloom and things and i would argue that this record is like technically more lo-fi than oh really some of the stuff some some of the stuff i was using back then yeah but um i don't have the technical understanding of it i i hear the yeah, yeah. to me it's the crispness and the like the cleanness of it is what I, i'm equating yes. it to like that's i definitely because like, when i heard hot ghee like the levels in hot ghee like the amount of like yeah channels i guess is what you would call it uh like there's so many things going on in the way they're panning and everything to me yeah, it yeah. seems like there's so much production ideology put into yeah, it yeah yeah i, I think maybe maybe yeah. that's how i'm approaching it in, in those terms is like the production ideology is heightened in those in what yeah. i've heard so far on rajan yeah i think nail on the head right there um performance is is key but like again it's like you can have a a, a method methodology or an ideology about how you want to get that thing onto that album you know like onto like that page or whatever but playing it and performing it is 90 percent of everything mm-hmm. man i mean take any lick it's all about attitude i mean any, take any lick that's all about that attitude is, to know, me, any, anything that damn, that is needs to be to fearsome me, worth it some damn, some degree needs to be fearsome be some, some fighting degree. for something it needs, it needs to, be to be proving something. fighting for something talking about your previous work and the things something. that you've done i say this not to belittle anything you've done because i think you have a fantastic discography but your levitation sessions that you put out is in my opinion the best thing you've put out i i have repeatedly gone back to it and am repeatedly blown away not just from the music but the there's a great video Thanks, that y'all man. put up on youtube and it's just 
it's incredible, just especially like the way it goes from afternoon to night. Um, I love yeah. that. But can you kind of tell me about that experience? I'd love to hear some backstory of just how that all came together. Sure, sure. I was wanting to film the band for, for a while, and I <laughs> few things. Well, Levitation, uh, those people are great. Rob's an old friend of mine, and he has a, a great ear. So Rob was putting together levitation folks. They were putting together this levitation series around the same time when I was kind of on a mission to just record the band. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the end of 2019 and I'd gone through a few tours with a few different lineups, t- touring musicians, you know, for the band that come and go in different capacities. When I was wanting to shoot something with, with the full group, I, sort of just went into a room with two buddies of mine that are dear friends hamilton and danny they were there to listen and from there came from this combination of like well we all live live at pompeii but let's try to keep our options open you know keep our mind open (laughs) so like you know because ultimately i think what that accomplished back in the day was, was such a beautiful marriage of like scenery and, and location and music and sort of like this dance between the two of them. And uh, that's, that's what makes it timeless. You know, that's what makes it mm-hmm. great. And plus Pink Floyd rule. Um, oh, absolutely. So, you know, creating something that was very straightforward was, was also the goal. So I wanted to record to tape, but I had the problem of being in the desert. <laughs> and mm-hmm. how do you do that with being outside in the desert and a tape? machine being you know historically a pretty attention-y thing what's the word uh can't necessarily roll it down a hill and expect it to work you know like that's sort of but you know you just oh shit happens what can you say you know with tape <laughs> like i've lost so yeah. many takes just based on the fact that it's like an, an older method so mm-hmm. but that was a really important method so i was able to work with my friend ian and mikey and they were able to bring out the tape machine. And we just sort they of were able to bring out the tape machine. The we mission just sort statement of, of I just had to just going to be us mission in the earth. Statement of, you know, this is like just going to be us, us in the earth playing you know? the same like it's a gonna level be us of playing the same emotion level of that I would give the songs anywhere. Emotion that I would give the songs anywhere. We went out and so it coincided with the levitation project at, a, at an interesting time too because you know they were trying to put bands up that were you know stuck inside. Mm-hmm. and uh not sure what to do with themselves and by that point i was already that was like the second live thing that i filmed so i was using that time just to do as much as i could man yeah. you know like kind of like you know school's out and then auditorium's mm-hmm. open you know you sneak in there sneak into the pool like you know i filmed a video in chinatown and there's like nobody there That's and awesome getting to go out and do these songs with night and day yeah there's there's a lot of uh, thought that went into it and i appreciate you appreciating it yeah well and that's, i'm curious was it all was it one long like did y'all just play the show like one long show like a normal show or was it like okay this song's done we need to re-record it or just kind of how did y'all do that um we did let me tell you why i'm asking sure i'm asking because i'm curious like you were talking about the surroundings I mean, it seems like it would be easy to get lost in the surroundings, especially when you're playing like psychedelic music out there. Yeah. And so that's, I'm wondering, like, if y'all played it like one straight show, like, how lost in the music did you get? Is what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. How much of like a spectator can I be during yeah. a 
in, in, during an event during something like that yeah uh man i'll tell you what we had to work with the sun you know like mm-hmm. at the end of the day like we timed it you know we timed everything mm-hmm. to where like for instance cream johnny like we wanted to play that song as the sun was going down so like there's a mm-hmm. section in it we set our timers and we looked at the sun and we and we got it figured out to when we could do that mm-hmm. um i felt like that's all you got it was a great nighttime shot a song to play to the stars so the other tracks like we we had an order and we wanted to get a good take so some of them we redid some of them we kept the first take Mm -hmm. making sure that you know when you work with the team like you have to make sure everyone's having fun and doing well and honestly being fed and hydrated like if you work on a crew and things like it's not about you it's about us uh yeah there was there were definitely times when i zoned out uh while i was playing i think it'll always make me chuckle in the back of my head when i watch that and i see those moments because i remember them yeah but uh lucky to have that memory you know it's very cool well man as we start to kind of as we kind of start to wrap up a little bit i want to i want to talk about so right now what you're doing is you're you're working in a trio can you tell me what was the decision to move forward as a trio yeah because like you and I were talking before about trios and just kind of how I feel about them and my personal, I'm fascinated by trios. I think there's a lot of magic and rawness that comes from being in a trio that you're not going to get yeah. in any other band, regardless of how raw the music may be. Um, and so that's what I was just wondering what your perspective on it was. Yeah, I, I always felt like a trio was kind of the, the coolest. <laughs> I always felt like it was, it was just a straight up. It was just like... I have a personal problem with keyboards in a lot of bands and I play keyboards here, you know, literally like I, I'm, I'm a fan of the instrument. So not to belittle anything, but um, I think a lot of times the, the traveling troupe is, mm-hmm. is um, it gets, you know, the circus gets a little crazy for it and you start not doing your stretches and you start like letting certain things slide and, and, and become a little bit, more watered down by having larger production i think it's sort of a general philosophy i keep with myself in general is less is more type of thing mm-hmm. and also w- when you're trying to communicate a certain message or relate an idea you know you don't need much if you have your choice of words established mm-hmm. i think that a three-piece is is cool man i think a three-piece especially for the type of music that i like I need to see what's happening. I need to see where the music's coming from. I have a big problem with, with people hitting play and playing karaoke on tour. Mm-hmm. I have a pretty nasty opinion on that. So people could do whatever they want. But as far as for me and what I like to be involved with, I, I need to see what's happening. And I, I love the I love the challenge, man, because, you know, certain songs, for instance, that we just played at this uh, um, Psych Fish show in, in Austin, We'd never practiced. We had a couple warm-up shows in, in SoCal before we left, but I, I wasn't sure how I'd be able to play some of these songs. Mm-hmm. There's the songs are not out yet. One's called Blues, the first track we played at the show. And it has like a, a West Coast whistle sort of almost borderline hip-hop, Chicano soul, like slow riding kind of feel to it. And I'm like, if we can do that as a three-piece then really everything's doable, you know, like then let's go because I feel like if you're able to play your song with just yourself and a a guitar or or maybe one instrument, then you're good. 
then your songs mm-hmm. your songs set you know you're able to do it so to me adding a bass oh yes please and then adding mm-hmm. some drums oh yes please you know <laughs> um, p- putting keys and then putting rhythm guitar and then backup singers and all these things these are all great things but like i think two is too small i think three is just enough you know like i don't know like um and someone who's done the two-piece thing many times over the years um and the solo thing many times over the years i mm-hmm. i think three three is like kind of the magic number it leaves little room for the faint of hearted you know yeah like you kind of have to just be crazy to to do it but yeah. also just like what what are you saying with those three instruments and it, it just is a way for me personally to have fun yeah. with like kind of exploring what I'm doing with my instrument because mm-hmm. a guitar is not just the guitar. I mean, we all know that Hendrix proved that wrong, you know, whatever, 80 years ago. Shit. How long is it? Sixties was like, it's been a uh, 20, yeah, 60, 60, 60 years. Oh my gosh. That's just said it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. dude, that, wow. Well, my favorite thing is when people, um, like say oh man you, that song it sounds so much like this this song and then they try to make yeah. you feel weird about it and i'm like bro the song is like 80 years old your reference <laughs> <laughs> like i'm sorry but yes i love ella fitzgerald and you know what maybe subconsciously there's like some some ella lines that come in my head but like can we not shout outs for the historians here yeah. you know like exactly <laughs> like part of my tradition here is preserving culture you know preserving yeah. oral tradition and, and for me, it's blues music and it's soul music and it's R&B and it's psychedelic and it's everything in between. Well, Danny, this has been such a great conversation, dude. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Uh, I feel like we didn't talk about Rajan that much, so I'll, I'll give you a second. What do you What do you want to say about the album, dude? It's I, I've loved the early two singles. It, it seems like it's going to be a really cool album. What do, What do you dig about it? What are you excited about it? Getting heard by everybody. Man, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, um. You know, Hot Key is out. I really like that song. I, I love playing it live. Shoot, man. There's a song called Blue that we, it's track two. And it's it's not one of the singles because we have to just pick three. And it was a group decision how to pose each one and stack them and sort of introduce different shades of color and things. And I and I feel like the song Blue is, is it's kind of like one. It's like the unannounced real single to me um mm-hmm. so we're gonna we're gonna put it out right before the record comes out nice people can hear it just to get one last little sort of taste before they drop you know and nice whew, what what else I, I don't know i was up to like five last night working on the video for the song nightmare that's coming out in five days we're, we're making the teasers for that right now we as in as in myself here <laughs> <laughs> my my team yeah, my uh, <laughs> hard cracking team. Um, but yeah, you know, just uh, very, very lucky, man. I'm, as you said, present. You said present minded, and I was like, oh, cool, because like I, yeah. I'll take that. You know, um, just getting the chance to talk about it and knowing that it's going to be listened to some some groovy people is is all I need. So I really appreciate the chance to talk about it and working on the next one. You know. I'm preparing for a tour in June. Um, not Night Beats, but Abraxas with Witch. Mm. And actually getting to play guitar with Witch. So I'm learning those songs nice. right now. And, or I should say relearning them because I love that band and one of my mm-hmm. favorites. Um, so, yeah. What else? You know? Kiss Your Mama. 
uh hug your mom always uh i think mother's day this will probably be out before or after then but um yeah that's on sunday and um love love baby <laughs> <laughs> that's dude that's that's the perfect spot to end it man danny thanks so much thank you so much appreciate it i'm lance ingram and this is yesterday's concert thanks for listening to another episode of my show for more live music podcasting check out our other show jam journals if you're feeling kind, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and check us out on all the social media platforms. Email us at info at yesterdaysconcert.com or visit our website, yesterdaysconcert.com. So until next time, give us a subscribe, tell your friends, and most importantly, take care of your shoes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.